Coming to you from North Central Ohio, we share with you the voice of the Nazarene, a week-by-week venture into the Word of God sponsored by the Bucyrus, Ohio Church of the Nazarene. We join our pastor, Reverend Ray LaSalle, and the voice of the Nazarene. Morning, and welcome by live stream, by telecast. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about the spirit of fear. Probably we live in one of the most uncertain ages and times in the annals of human history. We're seeing astronomical prices. Items are doubling in price. The pipelines closed when we thought we had our own energy. Open borders, people crowding their way in. Political chaos, national weakness in leadership, inflation skyrocketing, and why wouldn't it when we're pumping nearly 40% new money into the market? Half of America doesn't work, and the other half are supporting those that do not work. We're watching the stock market reeling and plummeting. Then add all of that in the last couple years, a strange strain, virus, or whatever it is from the laboratories out of Wuhan, from a nation whose symbol is the dragon. Quite interesting, isn't it? Every time I read something, I always look in the scripture to see if I can find any kind of a meaning. Revelation 16, 13 says that I saw three unclean spirits coming from out of the mouth of the dragon. Whatever that might mean, I'm simply saying we live in very uncertain times. How do we keep fear from consuming us? Speaking of fear, 1834, Hetty Green was born to a little Quaker couple. Her daddy and her grandfather were in the whaling business. They had ships. They were investors. And at a young age, she was sent to live with her grandfather. He was always in the market, kind of wheeling and dealing, and soon he had her doing his bookkeeping. By about age 13, she got involved in the market, back before women were allowed to vote. And she began to double her money, triple her money, quadruple her money, along with her grandfather. By the age of 81, when she had died, she had accumulated two and a half billion dollars in our economy and never owned any great, great factories that did any manufacturing or production like the men of that time did. She played the market. Nobody had ever done that and she was called the witch of Wall Street. But she had a great fear, the fear of running out of money. She wore one dress until it wore out completely. When the dirtier parts of the dress had to be cleaned, she would wash only that part of the dress to save money on soap. Did without hot water in order to save money. And at the same time, buying up railroads, cities coming to her to borrow money to keep from going under, and she would loan them over millions of dollars, making, of course, all the while interest money. But to save money, never had her own office, but would carry her box 
of information and sat in the halls of institutions and would do her business out in the hallways. She had two children and she lived in a room, in a rooming house to save money. When her son's leg was hurt, she looked around for months trying to find some kind of free medical care causing her son's leg to have to be amputated. Her great fear was, I will run out of money. What is your fear? What are you grappling with? Is it financials? Is it health issues? Are you concerned about national chaos or maybe the economy breakdown, a collapse? What is your fear? I want to talk to you for just a couple of minutes about how to not let fear get into your spirit. And there in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul wrote and he said, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to know that fear breeds fear. We see it happening all over the country. A number of years ago, President Franklin Roosevelt came out with a statement and he said that we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Great statement. While it sounds wonderful, I have to confess to you, I, I don't totally agree with that to the greatest extent. I think there are some things that we need to fear. I think sometimes fear can be healthy. I, I would say to you that sometimes a sense of fear gives us a sense of caution. We, we teach our kids to look both ways before they cross the street. We teach them not to touch a hot stove. We, we warn them about uh, poisonous snakes. We, we tell them don't take candy from strangers. Don't get in a stranger's car. Could be a predator. Sometimes healthy fear is good. But I, I'm trying to say don't let the spirit of fear consume you and get into your spirit, this thing called fear. What's interesting to me is that scripture that we're reading and that we were talking about for a moment, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. This happened to be a personal letter written from the hand of the age apostle to a son in the gospel by the name of Timothy. He's trying to give Timothy a, a little bit of encouragement. As I was studying first and second Timothy, I noticed something. Paul said to Timothy, who was struggling with fear, who was struggling with timidity, who was struggling with ashamed of his background and, and of his age, Paul said, Timothy, God's not given you a spirit of fear. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. But if you back real quick into 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 23, he said you need a little medicine for your stomach's sake. Evidently, fear had so gripped the life of Timothy that he was having physical problems. It was consuming him. And he was warning him, if you're not careful, fear can literally make you sick. It, it, it can affect your judgments. It can affect your decisions. And I want to challenge all of us not to let fear 
get into our spirit. I heard about a man one time that was afraid to sleep alone, afraid to go to bed by himself. Any takers? Fact of the matter, he thought there were monsters under his bed. And I agree with him, I saw them. And he had gone to a psychologist and he told the, he said, there's monsters under my bed and I'm afraid to sleep at night. And so he had gone to that psychologist over and over and over and didn't get any better and finally he quit going. Time passed and the psychologist and his wife had gone to this little restaurant and there was George over there eating and smiling and he made his way across the restaurant and he said to George, George, how in the world are you doing? Well, he said, I'm I'm doing better. Well, he said, uh, how, how are you handling the, the monsters under the bed? He said, I'm not having a problem with that anymore. Well, he said, what happened? Well, he said, I found me a new psychologist, and he was able to help me. Well, what did he tell you? He told me if I'd cut the legs off of the bed, the monsters couldn't get under there. And since then, I don't have any more monsters. And I want to say something. If you're battling the spirit of fear, I want to give you some principles that will help cut some of the legs off so the monsters of fear doesn't get into your mind and into your spirit and into your life. And I, I think there's four simple truths, so simple I'm embarrassed to bring them to your attention, but I guess I will anyway. I believe they can be advantageous during these devastating, difficult, uncertain days in which we live. Number one, this is very simple. You need to realize that God is with you. God's with you. One of the most famous verses in the Bible is Hebrews 13, 5, where the Lord said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You need to maybe claim that promise anew that God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And what I noticed about that verse in Hebrews 13, 5 is because verse 6 says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man may do unto me. And the criteria for making that statement that I'm going to say it boldly, the Lord's my helper, I don't have to fear anymore, is because of that previous verse and went on to say, God saying, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Notice what he says, I will boldly say. You know, some of us need to quit listening to ourselves. Some of us need to quit listening to others. It's for certain some of us need to quit listening to all the news propaganda. It's propaganda, no news to it. If you don't know any better than that, I can't help you. The news is a thing of the past. And maybe some of us need to start talking to ourselves instead of listening to ourselves. And we need to tell ourselves, God is with me. Are you there? So that I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. Another passage says the Lord is at hand. It means the Lord is handy. He's right there. He's very handy. Four different times in Genesis 39, it said the Lord was with Joseph. Did you ever read that? Four times. I, 
I just needed to be with me one time. His brothers, when they loathed him and stole his coat from him, put him in a pit, sold him to slaves, the Bible said the Lord was with Joseph. Down there in that land where Potiphar bought him, his wife lied on him. The Bible still said the Lord was with him. When they locked him up in prison, the Bible said the Lord was with him. And then when he was left there to rot in those dungeons for 10 years, it said the Lord was with him. What I'm trying to say is the Lord is with you. How do we handle fear? By keeping the Lord with us. But there's a second help to cut the leg off of fear. Trust in God. Every opportunity to fear is an opportunity to trust God. Every time fear begins to come my way, guess what we can do? We can trust God. Psalm 56.3 says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. So not only is God with us, but the good news is God can be trusted. I found him blooming where heartaches abundantly reign. Who would have dreamed so much joy in so much pain? It's good on the mountain, but the mountains come and go. But down in the valley, there's always a rose. The rose of Sharon in the valleys of life. He's with us, and we can trust him during the difficult times. He'll see us through. But there's a third leg that needs to cut off a fear. Read the word. The antidote for fear is faith. D.L. Moody said, quit praying for faith. If you need faith, read your Bible. Isn't that true? Isn't that biblical? Because Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. If we want to build faith in our lives to combat the fear that's coming on every side, just simply read your Bible. The psalmist, in his longest Psalm 119, verse 11, he says, Thy word, that's the possession. Have I hid in my heart the place and the purpose that I might not sin against thee? It's good to have the Bible in your hand, but it's better to have it in your head. But it's even better to let it leak its way down into your heart. Because the devil and the world will back up with its garbage truck and try to dump in all the carnal traits. Dump in lust and dump in this and dump it down and all. And if our heart is filled up with the word, the devil can't find a place to get a foothold in our lives. Here's a couple good scriptures that have helped me. I'll just share them with you for a moment. Psalm 56, 9, this I know, for God is for me. Sometimes you wonder. So I, I hang my hat on that verse. And Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It seemed like when I sense something mounting and something getting bigger and it, I, I feel it moving closer, I'm reminded no weapon formed against it. God said it won't prosper. And then in Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who 
can be against us. I like Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For guess what? Thou art with me. And 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, the battle is not mine, it is thine. Sometimes I feel like it's my battle, and I got to fight my battle, and it's not my battle. It belongs to God. And then in Psalm 66, verse 12, we went through the fire and the water, but the Lord brought us out. You read verses like that, and you'll feel a peace that will begin to take hold of your heart. And fear loses its hold. Courage will begin to re return. Affirmation. Are we in the last days? Possibly. I've never seen anything like it. Maybe we're the last Christians. I do not know. I know that Revelation chapter 12 verse 12 has really rattled around in my thinking lately. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And it seems like the enemy wants to hit us in every form and from every angle of attack and to mount a battle of fear against us. But we want to cut those legs off. Leg number one, realize God's with us. Leg number two, trust in God. Leg number three, read the word. And then leg number four, pray to God. I love the song, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. All of them. Friend, you don't have to let fear consume your spirit. Now, Paul tells Timothy what not to have. Don't, don't you have this spirit of fear? And then he shares with him what God wants to give us in place of fear. He said, of power. Fear is that uh, dirt that gets into the filter until the energy cannot get to the engine. And guess what? The engine begins to sputter, begins to bog down, and the next thing you know, we're coasting over to the side of the road. We're robbed of power. We start giving up. God wants us to have enough power to make it. He said not only of power, but of love. And fear creates suspicion. You let a little fear get into our hearts in our marriages or our churches and what have you, and it creates suspicion. It feeds doubt. Love, love subsides, and in its place, question marks, division, unity, and trust begins to dissipate. And then he said, of a sound mind. Not a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Fear keeps you from thinking correctly. Fear overpowers our ability to reason. We can't think right and we become paralyzed with fear. I watched the other day a mouse was trapped by a cat and suddenly the mouse just froze and the cat went right at him and tore him apart. He froze with fear. And sometimes we are like a deer in the headlights. We just 
freeze up. And I want to tell you, don't let fear reign. Don't let it get into your spirit. Keep the power of God, the love of God, and the soundness to think right in the pressures of life. Bow your heads for a moment. Let me pray with you if you don't mind. Father, we love our people. We thank you for the privilege of pastoring. And across these 30 years, the people that you brought into this ministry, people whose lives have been changed and turned around. We believe that everyone that's here is on the hit list with the enemy. There's any way to get into their home, into their thoughts, into their hearts, into their emotions, into their life. The enemy would like to find a foothold, a place. But we don't want to give place to the enemy. We're not going to let fear reign. But we pray for your very power to be in our lives, to energize, to move us ahead. And as John said, love one another. Let your love reign supreme. Help wives to love husbands, husbands to love their wives. Parents to love their children. Children to love mom and dad and grandparents. Church members, church folk to love each other. That our town will love one another, our little city. And we pray, God, for a sound mind to be able to think our way through the crises of life. To have a, the intuition to know when the enemy's trying to get in. Don't let us be baffled, but let us not fear. Surround our people as we go our ways this, this, this morning and we walk out of the sanctuary. We're going out to the mission field. There's a world out yonder that does not know you, and they are baffled by everything that's happening. Would you give us that calmness, that assuredness, because you're with us and we trust you and We've got a road map, and, and we talk to you about situations. Now go with us, I pray in Christ's name. Dismiss us. Amen. And amen. Stand together. Thanks for joining us. Our Gideon speaker will be speaking the entire time in our second service. If you'd like to hear that, you're welcome to hang around. Don't forget to support the ministry. There's buckets in the back. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of the Voice of the Nazarene. Visit us every Sunday at 9 a.m. with BNC's pastor, Ray LaSalle. For more information regarding BNC, visit BusirisNazarene.org.